it's been very powerful to set up a book, get all these influencers in it, launch these podcasts and uh, po uh, guest posting campaigns, draw a lot of high quality backlinks to it to the point where we get a lot of targeted traffic to it and get people asking us, can we come certified? Is my city open type of a thing? And that's really what the impetus was for. So it's still, I think the big payoff for the book is still rolling out because this is a big audacious like goal of mine to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I know I'm not going to be Rand Fishkin or some of these other guys that have been able to build up, but I can successfully attack the country, maybe other cities in the rest of the world city by city and slowly maybe grow it out at the grassroots level where I would never be able to compete um, from the top down since it's such a mature market. Hey gang, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. This week, our feature guest is Phil Singleton uh, from Kansas City Web and Kansas City SEO. He is a licensed duct tape marketing coach. He's co-written a book with John Janch, who is of course the author of Duct Tape Marketing. And what I absolutely love about uh, Phil's approach to business is his obsession with leverage. He talks about producing content only with the express intention of being able to reuse and repurpose that content. He recently took uh, 12 lawyers through the process of collaborating together and writing a book. And then each of those lawyers, he is now booking those lawyers on podcast episodes to position them as the authority and thought leaders in their field, which of course is bringing a whole bunch of leads to those 12 lawyers. Uh, he's got some fantastic processes and ways of thinking about things and he turns all of his processes and systems into individual products that he can sell his clients, including the review funnel, which is uh, fabulous. After he was on my podcast, he sent me an email asking me to leave a review uh, to to uh, capture, you know, the the value um, and the and the gold nuggets that he brought to our audience, and how he was as a guest on the podcast, which is great because it gets him more reviews on Google and on social sites. And he's now packaged that process and that system up, and he sells that as a standalone product to his clients. I know you're going to learn a lot from this interview, and a huge thank you to Phil, who after the interview introduced me on email to John Janch, who has agreed to have me on the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, which I'm very, very excited about. So you'll learn a lot with this interview and with this episode of the WP Elevation Podcast. I can't wait for you to get to know Phil Singleton. Stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hey, this episode of the WP Elevation podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation. Well, more specifically, it's brought to you by a bunch of our happy customers. See, frankly, I feel a little bit awkward telling you how great WP Elevation is because you're probably not going to believe me because WP Elevation is my baby. It's something that we started over three years ago. Of course, now we're a team of, of, of coaches and mentors, and we have hundreds, and by the time you're listening to this, probably thousands of members all over the world. But it still really is something that I'm very passionate about. And, and of course, if you join WP Elevation, we make revenue and we make profit. So it's a little bit awkward if I tell you how great it is because you probably think I'm just trying to sell you on it. And partially I am because I know how beneficial the program is. So what I'd love to do instead is just introduce you to some of our customers. So if you go to wpelevation.com slash the podcast, all one word, you'll be able to hear some of those stories from our customers and hear for yourself how WP Elevation has impacted their business and changed their lives. I hope you enjoy that and I hope you check it out at some point. Right now, let's get back to the podcast. G'day folks, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from Kansas City, Phil Singleton. Hey Phil, how you doing? Hey Troy, awesome, so psyched to be here. Thanks for being on the show man. Um, I'm excited to talk with you as well. Now for those that don't know, for those that have no idea who Phil Singleton is, give us your elevator pitch. Who are you, where are you from and what do you do? Uh, my name's Phil Singleton, I'm based here in Kansas City. Um, I guess I could really consider myself here at least in my kind of my home base as being a web designer. Uh, most of that comes from, that's where the, a lot of the leads come from, right? Um, but my bread and butter is really trying to build these lead generating websites that turn into long-term engagements with recurring income for us. But web designers and the web design searches are kind of where all the volume is at. So that's kind of what, what, um, what pays the bills. <laughs> awesome. Um, I want to come back and loop back and talk more about those lead generation websites that create recurring revenue because you just like we're singing from the same hymn book, my friend. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> they, they are sweet words, aren't they? Um, and definitely something that we talk a lot about here at WP Elevation. Um, in fact, yesterday in our 
in our private Facebook group, one of our members was having a problem getting payment from a client. They're halfway through a project. They've done some design work. The client's now stalling on content. She's like, how do I get this next invoice from the client? And one of our other members came in and said, two words, marketing retainers. <laughs> if they're on nice. recurring retainers, you don't have to worry about getting paid. Uh, so we will talk more about that. Um, I, do, I do just want to talk a little bit about the fact that you've written a book, a, a, an Amazon bestseller nonetheless, uh, that you uh, wrote with John Janch. Now, I want to talk a little bit about that relationship as well. But first of all, let's just dive into the book. How much work is involved in writing a book? It's called SEO for Growth, for those that don't know. The forward is by Brian Clark from Copyblogger. Uh, you wrote it with John Janch. How much work is involved in writing a book and what's the payoff? Um, that one did, I'd spent a little more time in because I took an unconventional, I guess, path to writing it. I first, um, really first, it started off with me joining duct tape marketing. I've been a duct tape marketing certified consultant for, uh, three years going into my fourth year right now. And the first, they've got these annual summits that they go to, like I'm sure a lot of influencers have, um, where a lot of us meet in person. So the first time I sat down into this group that I initially joined, one of the guys who'd been in the network for a while showed me the a book that he had just written. I was like, oh man, maybe someday as a career milestone, I'll be able to have my own book. So that was the coolest thing for somebody to just drop that on the desk. Like I just wrote this book. And six months later out of that group, I actually gave an SEO presentation into it. I impressed a couple of the guys who were into this book writing thing. Six months later, I had my first best-selling book, which was called The Small Business Owner's Guide to Local Lead Generation. And that was a group of six of us that essentially wrote a book together. And I want to get into how easy it was. A lot of this stuff, when you talk about podcasts, you talk about writing books, they look so far off. Like I thought, like this is an impossible dream, maybe a career kind of a bucket list type of thing that I'll get to eventually. Um, but it ends up being a lot easier than you think it is, especially these days. Cause with, um, with Amazon and they've got their self publishing platform called create space, mm -hmm. very easy to direct publish. Um, there's all sorts of hacks you can do, I think, to do that I want to unfold to you guys here, which is how I kind of leveraged other influencers to build mm -hmm. up influence in the book and get a lot of SEO value the way we wrote it. Um, but it really wasn't, the first one really wasn't that difficult because there were six of us. Um, our path to writing it was really having one guy that was experienced. And then he, what he did is we essentially had a ghostwriter interview each one of us, I think, for about an hour to two hours apiece. Mm -hmm. He took this transcript and took the, uh, um, our chapter that we were responsible for. In my case, I think it was web design and SEO or a combination of both of those. Then um, we got them back and they just kind of put it into a, a book that we then would edit and go through. Um, and we package it together and do a book. Of course, having John or having an influencer in your back pocket mm. that can help you get that first endorsement or two. And he wrote the forward to that one mm -hmm. is a huge help. Um, but what the biggest eye opener of this whole book process was when we went out to try and get endorsements, it was the easiest thing that I had ever seen done in terms of having people say yes. Because when you go out and ask somebody to in, give you a book endorsement or a blurb, it kind of reaffirm, reaffirms them as an influencer. And they were a lot more um, agreeable to doing it, I think, just because you're elevating them, them as, a, as, a, um, as endorsement. I was like, geez, the next time I write a book, I really want to consider endorsement marketing or endorsement leveraging because I don't think we'd spent as much time as I did when we did SEO for growth, man. I really went after as many um, blurbs as possible. And then we actually leveraged them, a lot of them. Um, and you'll see, and I'll talk a little bit about a few things about what we did in the book that I think made it very successful in terms of sales, but also got a lot of other people to market it for us. Mm -hmm. um, but that was the first one. So the first one was literally so easy. It was a group of six of us. We split up the work somebody transcribed and, and ghost wrote, uh, wrote it for us. Then we came back and edited it cause it's our own words. And then, um, then we went ahead and self published it up on, on Amazon and had a few people like John, a couple other ones pile those sales up into one week, mm -hmm. which gets you up into the Amazon bestseller look for a short period. Yeah. But that's all you need at the end of the day to be able to put one of these little stickers on your book. And all yeah, of a sudden yeah. you're an Amazon bestseller, right? Yeah, yeah. So that book did do well for a short period. It, it won a, an award on um, small biz trends um, there. I think whatever their reader's choice award, which was a legitimate reward for us, but it was great to do this. Learned a ton about it and carried that into the, my next book project that I did with John, but pretty easy, man. It's just one of those things where you think about it, it's not as hard um, as you think. And it's one of those things that really just ends up opening a ton of doors. You're an author now. You got a yeah. meeting, you got something you got to mail out, you got something to drop on a, um, onto a table that none of your competitors in your market are really gonna have. 
Um, and then it also enables you to do a bunch of other things uh, that I didn't think about. Because when I do stuff these days, it's all about how can I leverage this 10 different ways instead totally. of just one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the first book, we were able to do that a little bit. But I mean, SEO for growth, I just wrung every possible thing we could out of it. And love to tell you a little bit about that. But that's that's really how we got into it. It was it was the duct tape network. It was leveraging John to some extent. Um, and it was just a matter of really um, just having some help and get to put all together and, and launch it out there. So the 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 process and this is completely uh, this is completely selfish motivation for me asking these questions because that's exactly where I'm at. Like we've we've got a podcast. I make training videos all the time. I've spoken at conferences. Like you know I've I've ticked a lot of things off the bucket list. Um, writing a book is one of the things that I want to do. But for me, it is in the, oh my God, that's so overwhelmingly such a big task. It's in that bucket, and it, which is probably just a mindset thing. Um, so I'm snooping around at the moment. There's a few, there's, there's, in fact, there's many services that will, you know, interview you, write the book, edit it, put together the artwork and, and the design, all that kind of stuff. Is that, would you suggest to go down that path or would you suggest to just have it written and then do all the sort of the publishing and the editing and the design work in-house? Um, we pretty much did it in house, but there's a lot of, I wouldn't necessarily, there's a lot of, I think you go through agency routes or some people that specialize in it. I'm sure they're really good at what they do, but they're going to market up a pretty good premium. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, it's not as hard as you think to, to get the talent out there to actually edit it for you for a create space, print out, design your own, um, book. They've got, there's all sorts of little guides they have within create space that can do it so it's very doable and very doable i think to do on a dime and literally there's places you can go on on fiverr mm. that if you're just a one-man band or a small shop and you want to get your own print book lots of folks out there that can help you format one for create space give you a nice book and, and they've done it a million times mm. you know for maybe a couple hundred bucks for the premium packages you can get someone to guide you through it as long as you provide the content out there yeah um so that's out there i would definitely definitely do it in-house now the, the seo for growth book that i did i actually i went through this small business owner's guide and i was like i want to do this myself someday for 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 seo mm -hmm. and i spent a little more time putting that one together because i really wanted it to do a lot of different things for me. I wanted it to be good or representative at least of my knowledge in, in the space. So I spent probably a good six or 12 months putting it together. Um, but I initially went to John, John and I was like, will you write the forward? And I knew he was probably going to do that because he'd done it before, but I came out with his other ideas like, well, I've got this other idea where we could launch a series of businesses off of this, a course, a way to license some um, lead generation into other cities and type of thing and a way to kind of, and, and, um, and launch a few other businesses, but then have you come on as a co-writer? And he was all over it. Now, I've of course been with him for three years at that point, met with him in person. He'd seen my work, seen here locally in Kansas City, seen that I was willing to help educate the other members of the group and that kind of stuff. So I really put in a lot of time and effort to get me to that point in time where I could bring him as a co-author. But it also changed the game, because I was like, at that point, he's a Wall Street Journal best-selling author of four, I think he's one of the fifth books, and when he was going to come on to co-write it, he actually wrote, rewrote a whole chapter, edited the whole book. And the, the, the point where we had to like be able to get his name on it basically had to go through a whole nother process of yeah. bringing it up to where I was comfortable to, I think where he was comfortable. And he did add quite a bit of value onto that piece of it, but that's kind of where I got his involvement, but that was a game changer. Once he was on, his name was on it. You know, you go and look through the book. There's, we've got like 50 of pretty much everybody out there. Um, that's an influencer. And then we were, I think we were kind of smart in the way we did the book too, because because of the first book, I realized like, geez, if you can plant as many people as you can into the book, it's going to give it credibility, but it also brings them into the book. Yeah. So we got over 50 people to endorse it. They're all in the front of the book. Yeah. We've got a, an, we've got an expert named at the end of 16 chapters that we told them and we actually sent them. Here's what we wrote about you. Here's 300 words about you that's going to, because you're the recommended expert for this chapter that every single one of them edited it and wrote it back. They became part of the book because yeah. we, we said, hey, follow this person. Then I went in and we made sure that we referenced every, there's over 200 references to different articles in the book. We notified each one of those that they were, they were also um, cited in the book. So that became part of the launch process now, right? Into a short week, you had guys like Larry Kim of WordStream that actually put it in their email letter. Um, all these guys, a lot of them you know, put us in social media. So then that, we were able to really get a lot of, um, press and leverage that what I would consider almost kind of blurb marketing or endorsement marketing where you intentionally bring these guys in to make it better and to point it out. But when you, t when you notify people that you're going to put them on and make them part of the book, it actually, they're actually a lot willing to help you out 
yeah, when you yeah. launch it. And that was, I think, part of what really helped and anybody could use this as a hack is try and bring these guys in, these subject matter actors and, and cite them and then make them aware that you're doing it and try and time it in with a launch week of two or three weeks of a course of Amazon. And you will get a top seller for at least in the top 10 list. And for us, I think we're up there um, for a couple of weeks. And even right now, if you type in SEO on Amazon, I think we're the second or, or third one up there. So we continue to get you know, pretty good sales off of it. And that was kind of the journey into that. But we essentially optimized the book, you know, to some yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of things where we say, here's the glossary, make sure you read the glossary back to the website. And here, you know, here's a review funnel, here's a, a website test. And we made kind of the, the website a much bigger part of worth of actually reading the book than I think most of other people do. And that really helped up the build list and stuff like that. It's fantastic. I'm looking at the influencer review page at the moment, SEO for growth reviews. And it's like the who's who of you know, like if you, if you read anything about SEO or inbound online, you're going to come across these people. There's Jay Bayer, there's Ruben Gomez, there's Joe Stavolk, there's um, uh, John Clark, Brian Clark, Brian Halligan from HubSpot, Brian Dean. I mean, th th I follow all these guys. I read all their blogs all the time. And to have all these people pointing, which was one of my questions, actually doing a little bit of snooping around before this interview and, f and finding a lot of influences pointing to your work. And I was curious as to, how you nurtured those relationships. And I think you've just, uh, you just answered that question. Very, very I hacked my way into it. I mean, use one, especially when you get two or three and then we went to go get other endorsements and say, yeah. Hey, these two or three guys gave this endorsement. And then all of a sudden it was like, they just came rolling in, right? You get those yeah. first two or three yeah, and then you'll just get as many as you want you yeah. have time for. It's, it's interesting. I was mentored by a guy named Ed Dale uh, years ago and he, he's an Australian uh, internet marketer. And he said to me, he said, look, you know, Success is, there's a fairly simple process for being successful in business. And he said, in today's day and age, it's all about becoming a top 20 market influencer, right? And I said, okay, well, how, how do you not, like, how, how do you become a top 20 market influencer? And he said, well, first thing you do is you make a, a spreadsheet of the, who you think the top 20 market influencers are in your space. And I said, great. And then how do you know when you, when you are, you know, how do you get into that list? He said, well, one of the indicators is that they're all pointing to your content and they're all sharing your wow. content with their audience. And I said, and instantly I said, so if I started a podcast and interviewed the top 20 influencers in my space, they would, they would, they would ultimately share that content with their audience because I'm interviewing them and they are actually the content. And he said, you're a very clever boy, my friend. Uh, so that's what I did. I made a list of actually 50 of the top 20 of the top 50 influencers in the WordPress space. I started a podcast and I started interviewing them. Uh, this is a very similar process. It's just in book format rather than podcast format. And I'm doing the flip because I'm late to the game, but you can see back behind me here that I finally started my podcast, which I'm also one of these things where I'm just like, so kicking myself for not having started this a long time ago. And I talk about that a little bit later, how that's really changed things for me. But um, but yeah, the books, um, the book thing really works. Um, and you had mentioned starting your own book. I wanted to mention one of the guys I follow is Josh Steinle mm -hmm. and he's out there and he wrote this book called chief marketing officers at work. And all it is, it's, it's basically a set of interviews of the top people. So it's CMOs, PayPal, GoDaddy. And he really lent it's basically just, so I was thinking, geez, if I start my own podcast, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden you ask some pointed questions and do an aggregation like he did of yeah. a book of where you're interviewing people. Now there's one other book I could write almost in my sleep. Yeah. If I think about it strategically, I get the right people and then aggregate that and do a book, you know, nice transcription. Um, that's one of the reasons why I'm starting my own podcast among many others is, yeah. to, is to kind of be writing a book in the background. Awesome. Um, you know, interestingly, I read a statistic recently that blew my mind that something like, um, it's ridiculously high, like something like 70 or 80% of books that get started. So you start reading a book and something like 70 or 80% of starts don't actually get finished. Now, I don't know how they measure that because, you know, you can't track. I hope you can't track me reading a book in bed at night. <laughs> Maybe Kindles, I guess they could do. Yeah, that, well, Kindle, that's that. right. I hope Google's not watching me through the pages. Um, but it's, so the point I'm trying to make is that I think a lot of people, including myself, get hung up on the paralysis by analysis, which, and I'm, I'm a fairly big action taker and fairly fast mover in all areas of my business and my life. But this writing a book thing is like, there's definitely a block there where, you know, for me, it has to be perfect. Otherwise I'd, I would feel like I, I want to be super proud of it, you know? Um, and the reality is that having the book 
is probably, you know, going to have more impact than it actually being perfect. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, I read it now and I just want to go through it. And there's, there's certain things that we would you know, do it again. There's, there's, you know, every time you write a book and I've even said, we had like professionally edited, there's still like, you know, yeah. three or four typos that come up and a lot of yeah. books are like that and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think getting it out there. And like you said, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot easier than you think. And you can always um, keep improving them. I mean, yeah. we wrote this thing came out in 2016 2017's passed, you know, it's time yeah. to update it and perfect it yeah. a little bit more and make it better. Of course, yeah. technology books are going to get that. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, what's been the payoff apart from having a beautiful book reviews page with lots of lovely influences on your website? What's been the payoff of having the book in terms of the, the business and, and maybe even like what's it done for your professional network and, and what sort of doors has it opened? So this one's really been, really been big. I think the way we rolled it out, it's brought actual clients will come in and say, Hey, are you available enough? They're ideal. You know, we're, we're say a hundred percent or 90% of our clients are either in Kansas city or in the Midwest. Um, you know, now I've got like probably 30% of clients that are, you know, I've got several and all sorts of States all around the, all around the country now. And then you know, they read the book, they know you. And that's one of the reasons like we wrote it is because it literally it's in there. It's like, you can do this yourself. And we got all the tactics in there, yep. do all this stuff. And it's there. So the folks that come in and say, I've read your book, it's it, they're so warm. It's like basically taking an order. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really, that's really changed things in terms of, now it's not like it's like brought thousands of new clients, but it's brought a, a lot of them has helped me grow over the last year. Yeah. Um, but really my main reason for writing it wasn't to just have another influence or wasn't to try and build relationships with all these guys. So that was all great stuff or even try and get more clients, which it really has done. Um, really what I was trying to do is take is to try and build an authority website off of SEO for growth and then use that as a way to build a network. And that's what we did. We built SEO for growth on, on WordPress multi-site. And then what we've done is we've created geographic um, mini sites off of that on subdomains. So if you type in like St. Louis SEO, you'll see that consultant site comes up number one or number two in, in St. Louis for that search. And we brought on 20 different like agency types that are, don't have the ability to maybe rank for SEO type services in their city. So it's kind of a way for me to scale what I've done in Kansas city and bring that through the, but the books really have been helpful in doing that. We've the beta phase. We've been able to launch 20 of these um, when the process sometimes next year, we're going to open it up and try and get a lot more cities. Um, but it's been very powerful to set up a book, get all these influencers in it, launch these podcasts and uh, pot, uh, guest posting campaigns, draw a lot of high quality backlinks to it to the point where we get a lot of targeted traffic to it and get people asking us, can we come certified? Is my city open type of a thing? And that's really what the impetus was for. So it's still, I think the big payoff for the book is still rolling out because this is a big audacious like goal of mine to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I know I'm not going to be Rand Fishkin or some of these other guys that have been able to build up, but I can successfully attack the country, maybe other cities in the rest of the world city by city and slowly maybe grow it out at the grassroots level where I would never be able to compete um, from the top down since this is such a mature market. Awesome. Um, a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, in fact, there's many, many things I want to talk about, <laughs> um, but just try, trying to narrow this down a little bit. Um, the talk, talk to us about the, how you manage, you know, one of the things about a, a project like writing a book or launching a podcast is the sheer amount of tasks involved. Do, how do you triage and say, okay, this is what we're going to focus on in the next you know, two weeks. And if these things don't get done, that's okay. I'm happy to let them go. Cause that, 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 that's a constant battle I see within our business and all our, all our students is the fear of missing out on these other things sometimes sacrifices doing what you're doing right now really well, because you're trying to multitask and do too much. So when it comes to writing a book or launching a podcast or, you know, scaling up and bringing these other consultants on, how do you know when to say it doesn't matter if that doesn't get done? Um, in terms of books or just projects in general? Just projects in general, I think. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I definitely got to the point at the end of last year where I was like, I have to focus on a few things. It's growing my own business, taking myself out. And really what I've noticed over the last year, and other people have told me it's the same thing, is even though I'm not a name within some of the other folks that I'm trying to become, you know, build my own influence with, I've been able to generate a ton of leads and authority and types of things where I've got a bunch of proof 
where I'm leaving money all over the table because I'm focusing on too many things that could be focused mm -hmm. on this area. So I'm just like, I have to stop right now and I have to take myself out of really an operational piece of my business because I still have my hands on on websites right now. Yeah. And I shouldn't probably be doing this at this point in the career, but I'm passionate about it and I want to bat a thousand. So I've got to kind of micromanage to a piece of it. But yeah. I did to get to your point at the end of last year, I was like, I got to pick the areas I got to focus on right now. And that's going to be growing my kind of business here and trying to grow that out, working on SEO for growth. Cause that's always going to be probably my main side gig, but it's actually becoming a bigger one. Mm -hmm. And then I've got another thing where I'm focusing on, on basically podcast guesting services. Cause I've done that a lot last year and that has helped. That's been the number one. I've been doing this for 12 years straight. Never have had anything give me as much benefits or clients mm. as getting on 50 podcasts, mm. the links, the increase of authority, the actual clients I'm getting off of it for spending 20 or 30 minutes with yeah. somebody who yeah. already has a trusted audience. And now I'm inside yeah. their head right now. Yeah, yeah. That's just absolutely blown my mind away. It's really changed. But so really for me, it's just been, I had to stop all these other things I was thinking about um, except for my own podcast. Well, let's make that four and then just focus on, I said, I'm not no more. I mean, I'm the type of guy that's kind of only comfortable when I'm doggy paddling, I guess, to some extent, <laughs> but at the end of last year, I felt like I was actually starting to drown and take a little water up the nose. Yeah. So, um, I have this year really put it down as I'm only going to focus on these things, but systemizing some things is really important. So even like get to a point of like writing a book. Okay. Um, which we're actually doing this for a lot of clients right now. And the way we're doing it is we're saying, okay, look, we know having a website that's optimized is really important. We know content marketing, petitioning, social media is really important. So the way we're trying to get 10 wins out of just one is comes back to the blogging strategy. Mm -hmm. And that is every time we do a blog right now, we're doing them in a series of 10 or 15 posts. And each one of those posts are standalone posts, but stitched together, they're an ebook on a how-to that we can spin into a call to action ebook or a Kindle up on Amazon, mm -hmm. helping to create our clients become authors and build their authority and, and, and eventually maybe doing podcast guesting campaigns on their own. But it's kind of one of those things where you think about it strategically ahead, we're actually could take this to another level and actually be writing chapters of a book. So now all of a sudden we're trying to figure out ways strategically to actually really repurpose stuff in a way that helps us get real ROI and money out of it. And that's kind of where it's coming back to us right now is kind of focusing on kind of the blog strategy. You blow out, you're out the pages, you're focusing on SEO, you're distributing on social media, and then we're figuring out ways to stitch them together to turn them into books and pamphlets and maybe even, I did, we just did this one for a group of um, 10 lawyers. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a 150 page book, it launched yesterday. So each launched. one of them wrote 3,000 words in their specialty, how to hire lawyers, right? Mm -hmm. We're gonna have a launch party next week and create a referral network between those 12, but I just made them an authority and they're out there going, the, 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 oh, how did you guys write this book? Their friends are asking them. My web guy did that. What kind of web guy does that, right? Well, it's one of these things where this is what it all comes back to. And guess what? You know, we built them, we're building them a website on it too. So, um, but this is one of those things that just came from a blogging strategy. Some of this content's already repurposed from some of the things that we're doing. So yeah. to get to your point, it's like just trying to figure out ways to really think about things strategically and make sure that you can actually get 10X out of them, 10 wins instead of just one. Because yeah. you can't take 10 random blog posts and stitch them together in an ebook. It doesn't work, right? Yeah. But for the yeah. same amount of work, you could actually make that a chapter as a book or its own independent ebook. So stuff like that, I think, is really what I've been trying to focus on now to try and just get as much, squeeze as much opportunity and money out of the time that we're spending on stuff um, as possible and then limiting those things to just a few things um, that yeah. I've been working on. Smart. Um, it would be remiss of me if we didn't talk about SEO uh, for a moment for our audience who are freelance consultants selling web design services to clients. And the next, <clears throat> this happens all the time. We had a member post in our Facebook group last week who said, I've just, you know, I'm at the point now where my web design business is pretty good. It's systemized. We've got good leads. We know how to do it. It's profitable. My clients are now coming back to me asking me, how do we get more traffic to our website? Can you manage our SEO? And they're not sure where to start. So if you're in that position and you need to start, selling SEO services to your clients, what are like, what's like the first two or three things you should be thinking about and you should be educating yourself about? Well, how our whole pitch is, um, and I've got actually three websites in Kansas City. One's like a marketing agency type site, one's just an SEO services site, and one is more exclusively web design. And 80 to 90% of our leads come in from people looking for web design. 
Because everybody out there that's a company wants the same thing. They want leads and business and they need like marketing help, but they always look for something tactically, right? Mm-hmm. And for us as web designers, it's awesome because I think we have the keys of the kingdom. That's what mm-hmm. gets searches, searched the most. And we've got a unique opportunity when people are looking at this to be like the marketing person for them. Um, so we had that conversation real early. We're just like, hey, they come in for a website and we say, well, you don't necessarily need a website. You need a marketing platform. We need to start talking about what elements to put on your website now and who's going to start filling those content needs on the website. Because every mock-up that we do, and this is one of my super secret tips that hopefully this will help people listening, is no matter what people want, every one of our mock-ups looks almost like an infographic and we purposely put in things that people need for content, right? We put, make sure we've got a blog feed on it. We make sure that we've got social media feeds on it. We make sure that we've got reviews on it. We make sure that we've got a video on it. Because when they see that, and they see it's a long post and it looks, it looks busy when we see these mock-ups that we do for them. Um, they, they'll say, well, it looks a little busy. Is it too much? Do we need all that stuff? Who's going to do this work? And they start talking about taking it off. And then we have that conversation. Well, you take that off. That's fine. But this is going to have an effect on SEO and lead generation. Now you're really getting, and they're seeing it. At the beginning, they're just like, they want a website. They want to improve their web presence. They hope that you build something and people will come. Um, then we start having a conversation about, well, this isn't just a website. You need to have a marketing platform. It has to be the referral source for all the content that you should be publishing so people are coming back to it. We start talking about Facebook pixel and AdWords retargeting and video, making sure that you got testimonials on there, all this story brand stuff that Donald Miller talks about and that kind of thing. And at the beginning, when we're talking about the website, we're having that conversation to position ourselves as the digital marketing source for them after we launch the website, because mm. that's the end game for us. It's nice to be able to charge somebody 7,500 or $10,000 or $20,000 for a website, but that's not my ideal client. My ideal client pays me two to $3,000 a month after we launch the website. And that's really how we can scale this business out. Now, we have some that pay us five to $10,000 a month. Tough because they want a pound of flesh. When somebody, you're charging somebody that much money, yeah. they want you in their office. They want meetings every week. Yeah. But you're in that $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 a month range where you can supply blog posts and help them out with social media posting, give them maybe a review funnel to build reviews. You can really help... Um, you can really help your clients deliver uh, you know, the type of stuff that's actually gonna help them move the needle and generate leads. And you're in a position now because you're their digital marketer. So we're doing that at the beginning. We're not like afterwards doing it, say what we can do. I'm trying to bake that in early on. And if they balk at that a little bit in the beginning, I still have that after they've already paid us a down payment time where I use that mock-up phase, right? To really let it sink in and say, okay, let's take this off and talk about how not doing that is going to affect your online visibility or how everybody at your other comp- competitors are doing that. And we'll do it early on too. Or if you guys, if there's your, your listeners don't necessarily subscribe to some of these, but I subscribe to AREFs and SEM rush. Mm-hmm. Great to be able to have that conversation on website. The first time we talk about somebody at our website, we ask them who their competitors are and who they think they're doing well online. And we pull up and almost nine times out of 10, they've got better visibility. They've got, you can show them how much more traffic they're getting, how much, um, how much their organic value is worth in terms of AdWords. So you get the new client that you're trying to close, maybe their organic traffic value, according to these tools, is only like $5 a month or $100 a month. Their main competitor might have a ten dollars or $20,000 a month of organic traffic value. Very powerful stuff where you can get mm-hmm. in and say, well, how, we got to start addressing that now mm-hmm. in the web design phase and start baking some of this stuff in that's how we're going to turn it into a lead generator for you. And that's kind of, and the other thing is a lot of web design that we compete with like here in town, they're not having those conversations. They're talking about web design and functions and features. That's right. They're not really wanting to talk about SEO so much, maybe not to open up a can of worms or try and get in it, but it's the ideal time. One, to think to differentiate yourself, but two, to position yourself to get them on those retainers, yep. which now we're up over 50 monthly retainers getting on, on 60 right now that are paying us anywhere from a thousand you know, $10,000 a month. And that's we're awesome. like their digital, you know, marketing provider. And we still do the one-offs. We still do the one-offs because that's got to pay the bills, but that's yeah, not the course. ideal. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That's great. It's uh, you've, you know, you, you, you've, you've built a fantastic uh, model here. Uh, one thing I want to talk about and just to reiterate a point that you're making the way I have this conversation almost on a daily basis is the way to stop competing with other web designers is to change the narrative. So there's a conversation already going on in your prospect's head before they talk to you. And that is they, they like no business owner ever woke up in the middle of the night and woke, you know, their spouse up and said, I I can't sleep because I've finally realized how we're going to fix the business. I need to go spend $15,000 on our website. 
that never happens, right? Nobody wants to spend money on their website because they perceive it as a sunk cost. So yes. the, com the conversation that's going on in the, your prospect's head before they talk to you is you're going to cost me money and I begrudge having to spend money on my website because I reckon I could do it myself over weeks for free, right? And I don't want to have to spend money on a website because I can't, it, for me, it, it, it's like a sunk cost. So what you have to do is you have to change that conversation the very first moment you interact with your prospect. And what I love about your website is this. The first thing I see on your website is they sell websites. We build lead generating websites. Big difference. Huge. That's a differentiating statement straight off the bat. Like they sell websites. We sell lead. We build lead generating websites. So if you want your website to actually generate leads, you're talking to the right people. Oh, and by the way, we've written a few of these books that you might find helpful, right? Great authority positioning. So by the time you're having a conversation, you are already perceived as the specialist. You're already perceived as the authority and the client comes to you and says, well, Phil, you're the expert. You tell me what we should do. And that's exactly where you want the client because then you have full creative uh, hopefully full creative control to execute a great strategy, which is actually going to help them rather than having to spend most of your time educating them and avoiding them micromanaging you, which is where most of us, when we start out, that's how, how the relationship, you know, generally unfolds is the client comes in, they try to micromanage us. They begrudge spending the money because ultimately they don't trust that we know what we're doing. They don't trust that we're going to get them an outcome. And you've managed to turn that conversation around right from the start, which is, Awesome. And I, I applaud. It also gives us a little bit more uh, authority in the process in that we have to design. So you get a little, you know, people get a little bit lost in the artistic part of the design where they're, and if you, you've got, you come across as we're going to build this into a lead. They're all of a sudden listening to what you have to say versus trying to fight you on some of the artistic stuff, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think for us has been very powerful because it, it yeah. helps us kind of speed things up. One yeah. of the props I'll give you, because you just had this guy on a while ago, but I know it was the last episode is Stefan Spencer. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I bring this book yeah. to every single meeting that we have so people can hold yeah. what this book is. Yeah. And all I tell them is this is what it takes. This is the information that you need to put in your website to make the phone ring. Yeah, that's it's right. a lot more yeah. than the artistic piece. And all of a sudden it's like they Whoa, that's get their hold. I'll right? just pay you to do it for me. Cause I don't want yeah. to read that book. It's the size of war and peace. <laughs> exactly. But it also shows them it's not smoke and mirrors. We're not just saying these guys do it differently. There's actually like a huge industry authoritative textbook that's written. And the only thing, the reason this exists is so that you can show up on Google and other places better. And you, it all starts with the website. I mean, yeah. it's really about that. So that's a really power. I mean, you just go out and buy this and bring this all of a sudden I, when we bring this to a meeting, we have just differentiated ourselves from the other three or five people that they met with because none of them either they don't read it or they don't want to read it. They don't want to touch it, but yeah. it's just a great prop to have. Yeah, and we yeah. also give them this, this, um, like the Forbes on here, how to plan and budget for SEO. So again, they're coming to us for web design. Yep. We want to just what you hit on the head right there, which is it's not a sunk cost. You can't look at this as just a cost of doing business. You have to look at it as an investment and a revenue generator. And once you can get them to do it, then all of a sudden, if they have the budget, they're all of a sudden saying, okay, I get it now. This is something, this is an investment that's going to make me money, not a sunk cost that's going to cost me money. And yeah. once you can get that light bulb to go off, um, and all of a sudden, they're, they're all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to, you, know, you can prove it. Now they're willing to give you some of their budget um, to, to turn this thing into a lead generator. Yeah. Not to labor the point too much, but I remember listening to a, a, um, an audio with Dan Kennedy once and he was saying he was working with this company, he was getting paid a monthly retainer, working with this company who were kind of really in strife and he started working with the company. They, they fired the CEO, they brought in a new CEO and the new CEO basically came in and, and fired all the consultants except Dan. And, you know, he had a meeting with Dan and Dan, I think at the time, his monthly retainer was probably worth more than the CEO's wage. And the CEO was really resentful towards Dan. And he was like, you know, I don't know why you get paid what you get paid. And I don't know why, why the board won't let me fire you. And Dan said, because I bring you customers and no one else in the building knows how to do that. And you think I'm a magician. That's why you pay me what you pay me. Because without me, it doesn't rain. You know, and so if you, if you can make it rain, I mean, Brian Clark, Rainmaker, if you can make it rain, you're in a really powerful position. And as you said before, we have the keys to the kingdom because we know how to do this. Yes. Um, I want to talk about budget. You did mention that before. You said 
you said, you know, if they have the budget, they're willing to make the investment. How do you qualify your client's budget before you get too far down the rabbit hole with them? Well, on our site, like if you come to it right now, everything funnels into either a call center or a form on our website that's a CRM. So they basically what they end up is they come and they fill out the form and we automatically send them. I send them an other ebook that I wrote that's called How to, Head a, How to Hire a Web Designer and Not Get Burned by Another Agency. Mm-hmm. And in that, I've got the pricing in there. And I actually say, we're willing to set up a meeting with you, but I really would like you to read through this book. Because the book, we try and differentiate the Wicks and the Weeblies, the, uh, the Craigslist offshore guys, the boutique agencies and the big agencies. And we're giving them the pricing. So we're educating them on that ahead of time. Um, but I actually have a full-time inbound uh, guy that, that handles that. The biggest thing that we're trying to do obviously is, is qualify that budget, how much you spend mm-hmm. on marketing. You know, we tell them, Hey, generally we're going to start out for us. We start at $7,500, you know, a website for you know, a basic informational one that's got the SEO start into it. And sometimes you're going to get the people that are like, Oh my God. Other ones are like, that's, you know, kind of what we had in mind type of a thing. And, and yeah. that time. So, we, but you have to do that. Cause we, if you look up like Kansas city web, anything that has to do with SEO or web design, I mean, we're all over the place, multiple places. The phone rings a lot. Mm. But a lot of people also don't have the money or not even willing to listen to you on that um, yeah. SEO, you know, They're just the, price shopping. Lead generation piece. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, but we had to qualify that ahead of time. That's one of the reasons I had to hire a guy. It's like, be careful what you wish for. You get 10 calls coming into your office a day. Mm. You got to talk to people. Yeah. If you're a small, that'll kill you. Correct. Right? So being able to qualify people, the actual two or three of them might have the budget to even turn around yeah. um, is an important part of the process. So that's, that's kind of how we do it is we do it over the phone and we try and get right to the point. Like, here's kind of where we start. Is this anywhere with your budget? And they say, no, we try and either refer them off or say, here's one of our books. This will help you get the most for your money. And maybe you can come back to us someday. How, <clears throat> how important is recurring revenue to your business and how do you, overcome clients objections who are like, you know, we don't want another monthly subscription. We've got too many already. We don't want to pay a monthly fee. Um, I think when we lay out like the pro like the fact that the website is a marketing hub and it needs to be powered with all these things. And those things are blog writing, getting consistent reviews, posting on social media. It's real work that when you start to lay that out, they understand that they're either going to have to figure it out themselves and hire somebody who may not know how to do it or they'll kind of hire us. So that's one of the things that we, we tell folks is, is to try and just outline, here's what the process is and you can try and do it yourself and you can, you're going to get some results on it, but you hire us, you know, you're, we're going to probably be cheaper than a full-time person and we're more experienced. We're going to do better with mm. the content that we mm. recreated that you give us. Um, but we don't, I mean, if somebody's coming in and they buy in that, piece of it and they've got the budget it's a pretty easy sell to get them especially if you can come on how like you came to our website we've really stacked the deck and i, I basically re, just recently redid ours whether you like the design or you don't i really redesigned it based on the google um, search quality evaluator guidelines and they go in there and there's a 160 page document that's basically said this is what these fifteen thousand people should look at when they rate the algorithm. And it's literally, they say in there probably a hundred, more than a hundred times, education, authority, and trust. Edu- EAT, education, authority, and trust. So you start looking at putting the, the elements on your website that Google is telling you to put on there. It actually like works. So you can see on my website now, I've, every page that you go on, I've got a review that slaps you in the face. It says, here I am, here's my face. Here's what this person said about us. You go to this review, this, it, it's, it's all about that kind of stuff. That really does help you. If, if somebody's in the game to hire somebody and get better results, and then you've already stacked the deck on your website and other places, they're a lot less resistant to, to paying that. Yeah. And I've just found because, again, I've done all these things that, you know, the podcasts and the, um, and the book, it's I've really positioned myself to be in this area. If they're thinking about these kind of services, we've got so much more proof and ev- as evidence that's visible that we become kind of the natural choice. Yeah. The people that don't have the, um, the uh, budget don't have the budget, but the ones that do, I mean, our closure rate's pretty high on that. Um, and uh, look, just before we wrap up, I want to do talk about your podcast. You've launched a podcast. I believe that's the sign behind local business leaders. Is that it? That's it. Awesome. Uh, why did you start a podcast apart from the fact that it's a lot of fun and, and what do you hope to get out of the podcast? Well, I did. I, again, I started doing my own guesting campaign earlier this year and I was like, holy cow, all this stuff that I got, I did it because, okay, 
not great natural way to get backlinks. But then I saw all these other things. Like every time I have a podcast, you'll see, I actually go and I send a, my review funnel. So I ask people to um, review me based on the knowledge shared in the podcast, like you'll get. Mm-hmm. And they've been, and I've been sending the reviews where I want to. So I went from like, 50 to 60 reviews on my Google um, Maps. Now I've got over 100 and I think 15, <laughs> which has helped pull me back up into a dominant position on the maps smart. and give me the reviews that makes the phone ring off the hook. That's smart. Every single one of the folks, this is what I say, if you get into your, 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 um, your followers and your listeners that are trying to do this, you start spinning this blog strategy into an ebook, leverage it into your own guesting campaign. You'll get backlinks that will help you out organically and help you in your local area, your niche. You'll also can position in a way to get lots of great reviews that again will help you locally, but also just build trust on your website. And I've actually taken some of those and put them up on my website. It's just another review. Phil really knew his stuff on my podcast. It's yeah, just yeah. another authority figure yeah. saying that in a different format that we're doing it. So yeah. that's one that I, and then I got, I was like, I've done 50 of these. Now, if I would have had a podcast ready to go, earlier this year, I could have had my own audience already built up just leveraging other people because some people are going to like what I have to say. And even if I pick up a few, I could have had, you know, how, God knows how many um, listeners myself if I would have had this, which hadn't actually been officially launched yet. Maybe by the time I've got it in the background, maybe by the time this thing airs, it'll actually, and this is gonna, mine's going to probably be next week because I've got six or seven of them. But, and the other thing is access. So I'm, what I'm doing is I'm going in is I'm, I'm, the reason I did it is I'm going to interview people. I'm going to get some niche authorities and marketing other places to try and share some of those things. But I'm also going to use it here locally to get access to bigger fish that I want to get into. Can I sell you a website? No. Will you be on my um, podcast, the local business leaders podcast? Yes. And I know that works. I've talked to a few people that have done it. Great way to get access to people. You already know. And it's a great, it's very flattering to uh, ask someone, Hey, I've got this podcast called local business leaders. I'd like to interview you on the podcast. That oh, was intentional. Still. You consider was... me a local business leader. How exactly. Man, I like you a lot, dude. I love. I like the fact that you think about, there's a couple of things. Peter Mead, my, my friend, talks about optimizing all the things, right? So I, and I see that that's what you're doing. And I also see that you, and another friend of mine, Dave Jennings, is all about leverage. He's always thinking about what we do today, what is that going to mean in like three weeks' time and three months' time? How do we leverage what we do right now at, for maximum return out of that effort. And I feel like you're, you've really uh, got something humming along here. I just, I wonder how you manage, I know I'll come back to the same question, but how do you deal with the overwhelm? Do you ever just like get to the point where like, so where do you store things? Do you, do you use like Asana or Evernote? Like you have these ideas, where do you, how do you put them down and make sure they get action? Most of it, I mean, yeah. And I use a bunch of different tools to kind of manage and deliver. Like the SEO services, I use UpCity, great task management thing where I can actually put my list of stuff and somebody else executes it for us, that kind of stuff. I'm looking for a better team flow. I use um, Active Collab. Those guys have been around for a while, but I know a lot of people use Teamwork and some other ones. I've got a new person coming on that's going to help me out with that. But my, I will say I've got seven mouths to feed here. So I got, you know, W2s and some full-time contractors, but um, I'm really guilty of still running this business as a solopreneur and the thing that I'm doing starting this month is I'm actually going to try and really start running it more as a business because mm. I have business sales and volume. I still just mm. run it like a solopreneur mm. and it's got to stop because it's like you're saying, I don't have an answer to your question. A lot of it's up in yeah. here and that's the yeah, worst yeah. thing yeah, yeah. to do. And it's going to affect, it's, it's already costing me yeah. a lot of different things. And I have to like put that down and make it more of a um, business this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant, uh, it's the constant challenge of like knowing what, what, you know, knowing what's important and what's not, and then making sure that what is important gets done well, rather than just doing too many things half-assed, which we, we, I've been guilty of that over the years. And our mission this year is to slow down and do and execute better. That's our, because otherwise clients start falling off the train Yeah. or like I feel right now, like I feel like I'm leaving money all over the table by yeah. just trying to do a few things half-assed yeah, or as yeah, I yeah. focus on it. I'll get maximum value, you know, money yeah. out of uh, focusing yeah. on. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Phil, this has been, I could do this for, you know, we could, <laughs> we, I this, told could you, you're, this is among people here. So <laughs> like, I'm fired up. totally. And, um, and also I got to say, I'm a huge fan of John Jansch. I'm a huge fan of duct tape marketing. I read that book and it completely, I was like all over the e-myth back in those days. And I was like, this is all good. But then I read duct tape marketing. I'm like, wow, this is like the practical application of all this theory that I've been learning. 
uh, he's been a huge influence on me and, um, and it's been, and you know, so it's good to actually talk to someone who's kind of been a part of that ecosystem as well and been a part of that world. So, um, and I, I really like what you're doing, man. And it's, uh, and it's funny because a lot of the things that we teach at WP Elevation, you've actually done, you're actually executing this stuff. So I can't wait to share this episode with our audience. I can't wait to drop some links into what you're doing into our members group and, uh, and use you as a bit of a, a showcase study on, you know, how to, how to pull this stuff off. Uh, yeah, so SEOforgrowth.com is the book. Um, KCWebDesigner.com is where you pointed out, which I think is a great example of um, how to apply Google search evaluator guidelines to a website. Um, and you'll see, it's basically me stacking the deck with all sorts of third-party proof versus here's what we do. It's more like, here's what people say about us. Yeah. And I've also got the podcast bookers.com, which is how I think we approached you. Which is Yeah, that's right. People could easily do this on their own. I would, I mean, like I say, I'm among people... I got a D in computer science. I talked about this before is where we, um, I came into this kind of as a second career. I know that there's a lot of people in your group where if they hunkered down, focused in on a blog strategy on their own, put a book program into autopilot, made themselves an author and launched themselves as a, and their own author central page on Amazon, started to work on their personal branding and authority, then use that as a way to, to crack into some podcast guesting and get those backlinks and reviews, mm. making an immediate impact on, on a lot of people's business in your group, which is really the one of the things I wanted to get across because it's been, I found this out last year, just kind of like, Oh, what's a good way to get natural quality backlinks. All of a sudden it's like, all this stuff started to like rain down. I've had at least a hundred thousand dollars in new business come from just a podcast. I don't even talk about that because that's not the main benefit that I see. It's nice. And that's mm. maybe a one-off where I got lucky. Mm. Um, but any, if I were to start this over again and really trying to get out there, I would, I would do, I'd work on my own website. I'd work on my own reviews. I'd work on my own personal branding and authority. And I'd start, cause there's so many podcasts that are out there right now that need good guests, especially if you can niche on something. Um, it's a way to make money and also differentiate yourself in your market in your niche like right now and I say that passionately I'm not trying to sell anybody anything it just works so well for me yeah sure and I'm continuing to do it and I'm continuing to do it all the time I think it's something to share that that'll that'll work for people awesome I'm gonna include all of the links that we've spoken about all the books all the references and resources in the show notes uh, which will be at wpelevation.com slash Phil Singleton or one word or lowercase no spaces, hyphens, or underscores, as they say. Hey, uh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to, at some point, get you back on for a, another follow-up episode or a webinar for our audience because I just love what you're doing and I'd love to pick your brain more. Oh, I'd love to get you on ours too, so i put you on the spot. Totally. <laughs> Hit me at up. At some point. Sweet, yeah, yeah. man. Do sure. a back-to-back next time. All right. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Phil. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Well, I hope you're as excited as I am after that interview with Phil Singleton. I just could have spoken to him for hours. And in fact, we spoke off camera about the possibility of bringing Phil back for a deep dive webinar um, to show how he sets up some of his systems and processes and then turns them into standalone products that he sells his clients. So keep your eyes out for that. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes and uh, leave us a rating and a review and some feedback. We really uh, value your feedback and we want to make the podcast as valuable as possible for you. So you need to tell us what you want to hear next. And if you don't use Apple or iTunes, then you can subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Just go to wpelevation.com slash Stitcher and you can subscribe to the podcast over there. And please uh, get on over to our Facebook page and check out our new weekly live show. It's called Silence is Golden and it's where Simon Kelly and myself uh, talk about all things related to running a WordPress consulting business. We give you an update on the news of the week. We also showcase a tool of the week and we peel back the curtain and show you one of the processes that we're using in our WordPress consulting businesses. You can find that at wpelevation.com Facebook. That's our Facebook page. And of course, we post up the recordings of that show and the podcast and all of the other video content that we produce here at WP Elevation headquarters. We post it all up onto our YouTube channel over at wpelevation.com slash YouTube. Make sure you subscribe over there and click the bell to get notified. And again, leave us some feedback. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Uh, we are listening and we're paying attention. And we want to make WP Elevation the most valuable resource for your business. So I look forward to seeing you again next week on the WP Elevation podcast. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate.